You are listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nicaruk, episode 64. Hello, teacher brain. Before I get into this week's episode, I've been getting a lot of questions now that people have settled into the routine of back to school around their literacy programs. So in my quote unquote former life, I was slash am a literacy coach. So I helped teachers develop and deliver their mostly writing programs and assess their students' writing to be meaningful, engaging, and tailored to each student's needs and interests for that matter in a way that helps them stop sacrificing their evenings and weekends, their family time for the planning, prepping, and marking of writing. So it really helps you keep the work at work so that your home time is yours. So I've been getting lots of questions about this because I have done things a little bit differently. I teach a workshop model of writing and include maker writing. And so anyway, I'll be hosting a free live masterclass on Monday, September 20th and Tuesday, September 21st. 2021 at 7pm Eastern time via Google Meet. Um, This session will be recorded. So if you're listening to this episode after that, the masterclass will be available for purchase for $11.11. And I have put the links in the show notes for you. So if you're new to Writer's Workshop or you've been doing things a different way and you'd like to switch over, you're curious about it, or you want a refresher, or you want more ideas, or you would like some support in planning out your literacy program for the year, and maybe you want to get your evenings and weekends back, then please join me. I'd love to have you. The more the merrier. Uh, Click the link in the show notes and I'll see you there. All right, so this week, I wanted to talk about expectations. I've talked about this extensively in my Facebook group, but whenever something comes up around me or I hear something or I see it or whatever, you know, you see like memes and then you hear it from somebody and then you hear it somewhere else and you experience it yourself I pay attention when that happens because I figure it's clues that I'm getting that it's something I should be focusing on. And I like to pay attention to the little things as I talked about in the tapping episodes and since, because when we in life don't pay attention to those little things, then I find, and I know I've heard this again a lot, that the universe will then give us stronger clues and eventually when we ignore those as well, we get a big old slap in the face. And so I like to avoid being slapped in the face as much as possible. So therefore I pay attention to these little things. And so when I see something repeatedly like this around expectations, I pay attention. And so this is what I wanted to chat about today because I've learned a new perspective, which I have found super helpful. I'm finding it helpful in my coaching with my clients and in discussions with my friends and helping people like look at things differently, which is what I do and love. And in my own personal life with my daughter, with my husband, with my family and friends for my own self. 
And so I wanted to share it with you as well. So when I say the word expectation, what comes to mind for you? And if you are a teacher or educator or in the education space, you may be thinking of it in terms of like overall expectations and specific expectations like what we have in our curriculum. And how I'm going to reframe this idea of expectations today does apply to curriculum expectations as well and is somewhat separate from it. So we'll look at both sort of avenues here. And then I want to give you a bit of a perspective shift because what I, what I, my goal here with this podcast and in my coaching and my programs is to really invite you to think about your thinking and think about your beliefs and question where things come from and think about things from a different angle and decide consciously what you like to keep and what you want to maybe let go of. Because up until now, we didn't really realize that we were choosing things. What you're not changing, you're choosing. So I'll say it again, what you're not changing, you're choosing. We, we don't even realize we're doing it because our subconscious is so good at running our lives and we don't realize we weren't taught that it's doing that. We're just kind of going along with life and accepting these things that we hear and see and have heard over and over and over again as truths. But the actual truth is truth is what you make it. Everybody has a different truth based on where they come from and their own experiences. And we need to, well, that's a judgment call, but I have found it valuable in my life. And this is what I do in my coaching and programs is help other people embrace and try on, as I like to say, and experiment with questioning where those things come from, whether I like them or not, whether they serve me or not whether they help keep me in a sort of a a big vibration or a big space or a big um, energy, meaning like an expansive energy, like do they help me move toward forward toward my goals or do they throw up blocks and deter me from where I want to be? And so do they feel good to me? Do I like them? Like all of these questions, because you get to choose whatever you want to believe. I've talked about this a lot. You can choose anything, even if everybody says, you know, the sky is blue. You could choose not to believe that if you didn't want to. And you can find evidence based on your experience why those things that people are telling you are not true. For example, at night, the sky is not blue. So you can use your own mind, your own brain, your own experiences, and your own thought patterns to override the ones that you have been fed through your whole life. And you can actually rewire the pathways of your brain to believe on automation, the new things that you actually choose that you want to believe. Because if you, if you're running a story in your mind over and over again, and you're accepting it as truth, you're just thinking like, well, that's true. Why is it true? Well, because I was told that and I believe it and I have found evidence of it throughout my life. 
right because you've been looking for that. Your brain is going to confirm for you what you believe everywhere you go. That's the reticular activating system. It, it filters out anything that doesn't align with what you already believe. So it's a confirmation bias. What you believe you will see more of. What you focus on grows. So I like to encourage and invite you to think about those things consciously. So if you don't even realize that these thoughts are running around on automation in your brain and therefore running your life because you, you're going to act based on your beliefs and the actions you take produce the results you have in your life. And that forms your reality. So your actions create your reality, but your, your thoughts create your beliefs and your beliefs create your actions. So therefore your thoughts create your reality. And I've said this before. So whatever you're not changing, you're choosing, even if it's an unconscious choice, which is why I encourage and invite you to get conscious about your thinking and beliefs. So (laughs) expectations. When you think about expectations, what do you think of? And if you're an educator, like I said, you may think about curriculum expectations. So why do we have them and where do they come from? So we have these expectations. And if you're in Ontario, for example, the Ministry of Education determined that they expect seven-year-olds, for example, to understand certain concepts. They expect 15-year-olds to understand other certain context concepts. They expect um, you know, four-year-olds to, to understand other certain concepts. And so we've created this curriculum with these expectations. And then we have expectations in our classroom, expectations of behavior, expectations of compartment, expectations of compliance, expectations of academic performance, uh, all kinds of expectations. And we have them for ourselves, like as staff as well. And we kind of have this motto or belief or story that if you set high expectations, people will live up to them. And we often reinforce this about our students. I have high expectations for my students and we're proud of it. And if you set high expectations, then they will live up to them. And, you know, we, that's something we've been told. And it's a, and here's the other thing about our beliefs and stories They're just well-practiced thoughts, which is why they feel true because you've had a whole lifetime for some of them of practicing that thought. So when something comes along that's either contradicts that or is just slightly different, then we get skeptical, suspicious, and maybe worried or fearful or whatever it is about that thing. And and we're like, ooh, I don't know. I don't like it. But I... As always, just invite you to try it on, to try it on and be the conscious director, creator of your life. So anyway, we have these expectations. If you set high expectations, people will live up to them. Here's the question though. What if they don't? What happens when you set an expectation and somebody doesn't live up to it? What happens? Let's take this out of school for a second and bring it to home. 
If you're a parent, maybe you have an expectation of your child to behave a certain way or to do a certain thing. If you're in a relationship, maybe you have an expectation that your spouse or partner does something specific or says specific things or behaves in a specific way. So for example, let's take a simple example. If you have an expectation that your partner takes out the garbage on Tuesday night because Wednesday is garbage day, what happens when they don't do it? How do you feel? When you have an expectation, it is all about the other person. And when they fail to meet your expectation, it can feel heavy, frustrating, defeating. You might get angry and self-righteous and, you know, depending on the expectation and the attachment you have to it, it can cause all kinds of problems in your relationships. There's an emotional consequence that you suffer when you set an expectation of someone else and they don't meet it. You're giving your power away, right? You set this expectation of someone else to do or behave or or say or act in a certain way and you lay your emotional response in their hands in the meantime. You're passing over your power. Well, I need them to do this in order for me to feel happy, justified, relaxed, whatever. I need my partner to take out the trash so that I can feel relaxed. So you've just handed your partner all your emotional power. And when they don't do it, you get mad and like, I can't believe you didn't do this. And we get self-righteous. And then, but in the meantime, between when you mentally set that expectation and it didn't happen, you're kind of just like, oh, I'll wait and see. I'm going to wait. And I don't know how I feel yet because it depends on what that person does. So you've given all of your power. You're, you're putting your happiness in their hands and saying like, please don't drop this. Please don't drop this. Please don't drop this. You're essentially saying, if you don't do X, then I will feel Y. And between the time that I said you should do X and you did Y, I'm just going to sit here like out of control of my emotions or anticipating that it won't happen. So anticipating the frustration and anger and fear and sadness and whatever disappointment and whatever else we've attached to it or hopeful. And we're sitting in this anticipated hope, this hope of this outcome But when it doesn't happen, we come crashing down even harder. And sometimes we do set an expectation of someone already knowing that they won't or can't quote unquote live up to it. And then we're mad that they didn't do it. And we proved ourselves right. It's like this irony or hypocrisy or dichotomy. I call it the hypocrisy of being human (laughs) because our human experience is full of these hypocrisies these double standards. So we we put this expectation on people that we know they won't live up to or can't in some cases live up to. And then we're also mad when they don't. So it's like, well, if you knew it was going to happen, why are you mad in the first place? Because your expectation was actually that it wouldn't happen. 
but you just are looking for a reason. But I want you to think about this. If you do that, is it because you're looking for an outlet or a reason to expel or work through or release your negative feelings, your anger, your frustration, and it actually has nothing to do with that person or their behavior or their actions or what they say or think or do. And sometimes we even make up these expectations in our own head and we haven't even communicated them to the other person. I just expect you to behave in a certain way, but I haven't expressed that expectation or my desire for you to do it. And therefore, when you don't, I'm ticked and put out and self-righteous again and disappointed and frustrated and all the things. And you have no idea why, because you weren't even let in on this idea or this loop. You're completely out of the loop. And then we're like, well, we make that mean something that that person doesn't care enough about us. They should read our minds. They should know. I shouldn't have to tell them. So if any of this is sounding familiar to you, then I invite you to think about what you're doing. If you are placing expectations on other people, how it feels. And here's a hint. If you're like, well, I don't really know if I'm doing it. Here's a hint. When they do something and you have an angry, frustrated, disappointed, dejected, righteous response, you, you feel that emotionally. Ask yourself, why? Go back to your thoughts. Why was it? Are you saying, well, they didn't do that, therefore I feel this? That's a hint that you had an expectation. Expectations come from a place of fear and lack and desire for control. They come from a place of wounding. They come from a place of external validation, looking for other people to fill you up, looking for um, validation that you are worthy or that you are loved from outside sources. You can have an expectation without the emotional attachment. Like you could say, my, my, um, I'm expecting the package to arrive on Tuesday and you have no emotional attachment to that expectation. It's supposed to arrive Tuesday, but if it doesn't arrive Tuesday, you're not like, oh my gosh, this was supposed to be here. I can't believe it's not here. This is outrageous. I'm calling the company. You're just like, oh, it didn't arrive. It'll probably come tomorrow or maybe the next day. So notice if you have an emotional attachment to your expectations. When your partner does not take out the garbage on Tuesday night, are you all up in a tizzy <laughs> about it? Or do you just say, oh, whoops, they must have forgotten. I'll take it out. So that's how you know you have an emotional attachment to an expectation and that it's coming from wounding. Or if you don't have an expectation you, or you don't have an emotional attachment to the expectation and you just, it's not an issue. It doesn't trigger you. And you can prepare yourself for things, right? Like when I go to Disney World, I expect that there will be crowds and lines. It's a prediction with a belief that something's going to happen, right? But I'm not upset when there are crowds and lines. I'm happy and surprised when there aren't, but not only if there aren't. Again, notice when an expectation has an emotional consequence or emotional attachment and consider what 
Having that expectation sets you up for, and then decide whether it's worth keeping it. If it's an energetic vibe you want to intensify or not. We expect things of other people and ourselves all the time, perfection mostly. (laughs) So think about the expectations you have. Do you have like, well, I expect you to be on time. I expected more from her. I expected more from myself. I didn't expect you to say that. And so I feel fill in the blank. So I can hear you saying, okay, but Sarah, like if I don't have expectations of people, then they're just going to walk all over me. Or I expect my kids not to yell at me and I expect them to be kind humans. I expect them to clean up after themselves. So I just want you to consider the difference. I'm going to present something, a different option to you that you can try on. It's more of like an energetic standard. This is what Sarah Longoria calls them, energetic standards. It's like a standard. Some people call them boundaries, but just notice what happens, like what word resonates with you, because sometimes boundaries can have, still have that fear, lack, wounding angle, because we're like building up a fence to keep people out of this, you know, expectation. So it's very similar. So sometimes um, boundaries have the same emotional resonance in our brains as expectations. So standards are more, standards are all about you. Instead of being about the other person, it's about you. You kind of sit in the vibration of your own emotion. So there's no attachment to the outcome of the other person's actions. And they come from a place of self-love. You understand that everyone is a sovereign being. Everyone can make their own decisions. Like We often say like, well, you can't do that. Well, yeah, they actually can because they're another human being. Like you tell your kids, you can't talk to me like that. Well, actually they totally can because they're their own human and you can't control what they do. So it's taking understanding that that is actually their right and ability. And you can choose whether or not you're available for the behavior but without pinning your emotional happiness on them, without handing over your power to them. Like if they yell at you, then you're going to be mad. And if they don't, then you'll be happy. Instead, you just kind of have this, this understanding or this acceptance that you can do that if you want to. I'm just, I won't be available for it because, you know, it's like, it's again, it's self-love. I will not allow my human to be exposed to that type of behavior, abuse, um, words, whatever it is, situation. So one thing that you can do is think about the expectations you have of other people, because we all have them. We all have them. Where are your expectations? Like the lines in the sand, the things like, and and notice what energy you're coming from. I will not be blah, blah, blah. That's like a, I will not be talked to like like that. I will not be treated like this. I will not accept this. That's like the self-righteous coming from wounding. What caused you, just investigate, what caused you to draw that line? It's okay to draw lines, but it if you are drawing the line and again, placing your emotional wellness on somebody else's behavior and actions, then you're just going to have, you're setting yourself up for problems. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. They're going to drop your happiness. If you lay all your happiness on someone else's hands, they're going to drop it. It's just going to happen. So knowing that, let's set ourselves up for success. Let's set ourselves up for 
internal power. Here's another way that you can sort of test yourself, for lack of a better word. Think of something right now that you feel like you need to apologize for. I'm sure we all have them. What is it for you? Have you said something recently to someone? Did you say it in a tone that you shouldn't have? Did you not do something you said you were going to do? Did you do something you weren't going to do? Did you lie to somebody? Bring up something that you feel like you need to apologize for. Now, imagine yourself going in to apologize. Think of what you are going to apologize for. First of all, is there a but in your apology? Because that is not an apology. But second of all, we want to apologize with zero expectations. So are you going into the apology expecting a response from that person in the way that if you don't get it, then you're going, you're going to react negatively. Like, well, I came here apologizing and you did this. That is not an apology. Well, it's not an apology, but that's not an apology with zero expectations. So that's how you can kind of figure out, like, do I have expectations here or not? And what are they? So what you want to do is work through the emotional part of whatever the situation is first by tapping, investigating your thinking and your, and your feelings. Um, but work through that first and then get into the conversation from a place of zero expectations. I'm coming here to apologize for the fact that I lost my temper and I should not have spoken to you like that. And for that, I am sorry. And if they turn around at you and say like, yeah, you were a total bleep, 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 and you shouldn't have done that. And I can't believe you did that. And I'll never want to be friends with you again. I don't want to talk to you for a week. Then you can walk away from there saying, I understand. I'm sorry. And leave without, oh my gosh, I can't believe you said that. You, you were the one that blah, 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 without retorting back. That is having no expectations and that is protecting, that is personal internal power because you are not allowing someone else to influence your feelings, not handing your control over to them. I can't feel better until you forgive me is giving them your control. So another thing you can do as hard as this may be, but if you've ever watched, um, recently we went back and watched How I Met Your Mother and first of all, terribly sexist show and awfully like old school, like reinforcing some awful behaviors and stereotypes and stuff. And also kind of hilarious and um, has some good things in it. So like Lillian Marshall, if you've watched the show, you're probably a fan of Lillian Marshall because they're a, a hilarious couple and teammates and they, they, they just, they're inspiring. So Lily and Marshall have a, a practice when they're fighting, they can call a timeout. Now they call a timeout to like physically make up, if you know what I mean. But in this case, you call a timeout and each go your separate ways if you need to and work through the emotion of that heated discussion or argument or fight or whatever it is that you're having. So everybody goes their separate ways, tap it out, whatever you need to do, scream, punch, not another human. Humans are not for hurting. Whatever you need to do to get that emotion out so that you can come back 
and have an intelligent conversation. Because remember, when emotions are high, intelligence is low. And you're on the same team. You're with this person because you love them. So remembering that is hard when you're mad. You feel like you don't anymore. Or you just want out. Or like, why did I ever love you in the first place sometimes? Maybe, if that's you. But you do when you're calm and when you're calm and sane and your intelligence is back, you, you know that you do. And if you don't, that's a different discussion, but you, you're on the same team. And so let's get on the same team and have this discussion to problem solve together instead of indulging and accusing and, and falling into the trap of being stuck in our emotions and saying things that we don't even mean in the first place. So call a timeout. Everybody goes their separate ways. Maybe there's like a word that somebody uses in the, in the heat of it, like rutabaga. <laughs> and everybody goes to their respective corners and works on their stuff. And then when you're in a calm space again, then you can come back and talk about it. Because what you really want in the end, well, first of all, you have to decide, are you committed to being right Or are you committed to solving the issue? Because if you're committed to being right, then there's no point in trying to solve the issue. If you're committed to solving the issue, then we want to come back at the the issue with a level head, with our our intelligence engaged instead of our fired up reactive emotions. So you can call a timeout. Now, a standard is different. It's just kind of a way of being. It's like a vibe you put out kind of thing. You're just kind of calibrating to that standard. So you show up as the person who walks in these, in this vibration or this energy. So here's what you can do. Think of the different areas of your life. So for example, relationships, family relationships, um, romantic relationships, friendships, relationships at work, all those kinds of things. Think about uh, financial situation, money, wealth, your home, health, like traveling, parenthood, all those kinds of different places of your life. And first you're going to think about um, what you want your life to look like in these different areas. Who do you want to be? So you may need to think of somebody that you know, or could be a famous person that you don't know, but think of somebody who embodies the person that you want to be. So whatever, and it could be different people for different areas of life. Then you're going to write down your examples of that person. So you writing helps to engage more of your brain. Thinking about it engages like 20%. Writing engages like 85% of your brain. It also helps pull things out of your subconscious into your conscious brain, your prefrontal cortex, so that you can examine and consider the things that are coming to you consciously, your conscious creator of your brain, or sorry, your conscious creator of your life. So let's say we're talking about friendships. Who do you want to show up as when you're living in this energy, this standard, who do you want to show up as? Who in your mind is a really good friend, a really good example of a friend? And then think about what, how, 
why that is. What do they exude? What energy, what things do you know you can and cannot like do to about with that person and how come, you know, I would never lie to this person. Why? Well, not because she doesn't, she like wraths out on people who lie to her, but because she just exudes this, like this vibe that like, you don't want to lie to her. So that's what we're talking about. You just, it's like, see, like silently understood things about a person because of the energy that they exude. So write down who you want to be when you're living in this standard. Again, you may use that example person or yourself if you stepped into that. And then you're going to show your brain what is possible, what can happen, and it will be in your life. So you might want to look for examples of what that person does when they're faced with a conflict with another friend or what you have done when you've been faced with a conflict with someone that you are really proud of. And what we're doing is deciding in advance what we're going to do in certain situations so that we can rehearse it and practice it so that it becomes the habit of thought and behavior that replaces the automatic one we had before that was laying expectations and passing over our power. So practically speaking, you're going to write all this down and you're going to read it every day or as much as possible, or you can record it and put it into your brain priming. If that's something that you do, if you're in one of my programs or my coaching, that's what we do so that your brain latches onto it. And it's like, Oh, this is what we're doing now. And it automates. And therefore it's overriding. Like I said, you can rewire the physical neural networks of your brain to think these things instead, and therefore show up in this way instead with this standard and therefore get better results. And as you're going through this process, if you're unable to feel into it, then that's a clue that there's something there. You need to tap out, tap it out, work on it, take it through the process of, you know, my accelerated transformation method uh, is what I help my clients do. And it's um, helps you identify the stories or beliefs that are holding you back and unravel them and get rid of that and wire in the new thing that you want to believe. So you can go through the process of that, go through the tapping, but have fun with this, right? Like you only get one life. Your brain's going to go after whatever you tell it. So you might as well tell it something you really want, something that lights you up. So you're going to write down the area of your life. You're going to write down the energetic standard or the standard that you want to live, the vibe you want to put out in that area. So for example, if we're talking friendships, then say like, oh, I have a great time with my friends all the time. My friends are wonderful. There's so much joy when we're together. We respect and listen to each other. I feel seen and heard by them and they feel seen and heard by me. We connect on a deep level. We have great communication. I feel supported by my friends. I feel close to them. We do exciting things together. We always have a good time. I feel warm and wonderful around and about them. I accept them for who they are and I support them in what they want to become. And when we have disagreements, they're respectful and open and we work through to find a solution together. We do adventurous things together. And then you can think of, well, if, if you have been thinking of someone who's a really good friend, you can put their name down and imagine being them. If you listened to my podcast about Batman, becoming Batman, can't remember what number it is. 
that helps. It gives your brain a bit of psychological distance and it helps you step into a persona. So whenever you're kind of, you've noticed that you're falling back into old patterns or these expectations are coming up, then you can go back, well, what would Batman do? Or what would, you know, the person you're thinking of do? What kind of vibe are they in? So if your friend is late and you start feeling like, man, she doesn't respect me. She's, she's not, oh, here we go again. And like all these things, that's an indication that there's an expectation there that she's on time. Instead, think about what your ideal person would do. Oh, it wouldn't rattle her because she knows that that person is, you know, she always assumes positive intent, or she knows that it doesn't mean anything about her if that friend is late. So all those kinds of things. And then who do you need to be in order to calibrate to that energy? So write down these like I am statements. You can write it in the present or the past or the present continuous. So I am powerful. I am fully me. I am energetic. I am intentional. I am accepting of my friends. I am open and honest. I am connected. I am supported. I am calm. All these things, or you can write them in like I am being statements. I am being powerful. I am being fully me. I am being energetic. I am being honest. I'm assuming positive intent. I'm being understanding. I'm being sensitive. All those kinds of things. And then again, we're going to set ourselves up for success by deciding in advance how we're going to react when things come up. So when my friend is late, the first thing I say to her is, hey, it's great to see you. So I hope that this is helping you understand the difference between an expectation and a standard. Because imagine you're running late. You have a lunch date with your friend and something quote unquote, legitimate comes up and you're late, like 45 minutes late. You're already feeling frazzled and sorry and disappointed in yourself. The difference between showing up to that lunch date and your friend saying, hey, it's really great to see you versus, oh my God, I can't believe you left me waiting here. I'm just, I'm really mad. You don't value my time, blah, blah, blah. The difference in that, like which person do you want to hang out with? Which person demonstrates the kind of person you want to be? Which person makes you feel accepted, heard, and valued, and important, and loved? And that's really what we're all after. We want to feel important and heard and seen and loved. So let's recap. We talked about expectations and standards. And the short, short, short condensed version is that we can achieve with a standard what we intend to achieve with an expectation, but there's such a different energy about it that I hope you were able to recognize here. When we set expectations of others, we do it because we don't want to be let down. But the problem is we give other people the power. We hand over our happiness to them and we say, please don't drop this. And inevitably they're going to, and then we end up feeling let down. And with students in a classroom setting, when we're talking about curriculum expectations, we set these expectations. When the students don't meet them, we feel, maybe we feel frustrated, we feel disappointed, we feel 
like we let them down and the result is they get a grade that is supposedly reflective of their ability to meet our expectations. But the result is the same. With standards, we just kind of exude an energy that lets people know what we will and will not tolerate. But without attachment to the outcome of somebody else's behavior, we are not dependent on somebody else to do something in order for us to have a certain feeling. Essentially, it's emotional freedom. It's personal power as opposed to conditional power. Our personal power, our personal emotional freedom is under our control instead of us being dependent on how a situation, how a person behaves, how a situation unfolds so that we can feel a certain thing. Okay, so before I let you go, I just want to remind you of the Writer's Workshop Masterclass that is happening on Monday and Tuesday evening at 7, September 20th and 21st, 2021. If you're listening to this episode after that, it will be available for purchase for $11.11. I have included the links in the show notes. And my coaching program is open for application. So you can click on the link to connect with me for a 20-minute discovery call and see if we are a good fit. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I do truly appreciate your taking the time to listen to this podcast. I am very grateful for your listenership. As always, I hope that I have encouraged you to stretch your thinking a bit and get conscious about your life. You've been listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nicaruk. Until next week, get curious about your expectations and think about the standards you want to live by instead. Bye for now.